Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like. Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. <laughs> Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics of what I like to see. And that is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram. He's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights, and we are officially into Christmas ball after games are cancelled, half times are extended, games are happening midweek, and pictures of Sean Deitch out in a shirt and tie. <laughs> I am here with Christopher England, who I actually met this week. Chris, how are you? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I got a few messages, Bailey, saying, where's the bonus episode? <laughs> because we were actually together for the first time. Yeah, ages. I mean, I, I mean, well, I mean, you can explain the context maybe as to why that didn't happen. <laughs> well, I was actually going to applaud you on this podcast for how good a friend you are. Because <laughs> for people who don't know, I was in Edinburgh this week for a concert and mentioned to Chris that I would be there. wanted to catch up for a bit of lunch, a bit of dinner. And Chris was unfortunately in Glasgow, but Chris moved heaven and earth to ensure he made dinner that evening. Because uh, I got I got chucked off the train at uh, Linlithgow. <laughs> Chris, uh, in the middle of nowhere, sent out an SOS to ensure that 10 minutes in the mail, he walks in, right, just on time as well, just ready to order. Brilliant. I, I, was, I was rescued back to Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, so if... I think me and Chris had time to sit down and record. We had just enough time to eat before I had to clear off for a concert. And I must say, I'll bring up Edinburgh a bit, because one of the things I love about Edinburgh is their no-nonsense approach to the, to the moment they hear my accent, to, hear, to just ask who my team are. I, I walked out of the Cortiners gig, was kind of standing just on the edge of the road, and there was this group of lads beside me. And one comes over and says, oh, how was the concert and stuff? I was like, oh, they're fantastic. And he just heard the accent. And immediately goes, who's your team? <laughs> and amongst there's a crowd of like five or six of them. And I was like, I'm not answering this. So I just went, I don't follow Scottish football, mate. I prefer the Irish league. And he goes, <laughs> no, well, who's your... Yeah, he did. He goes, who's your team there? And I was like, okay, he's not going to know anything. So it was jokingly like, I support Linfield, mate. And I'm not even joking. Like instantly he went, well, I support Cliftonville. <laughs> no, he didn't. Instantly. I could not was it, believe was this guy it. Scottish? I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Just the amount of like hatred in Scottish football oh that this goodness. guy knows, like even knows Cliftonville exist. That's that's I, that is ridiculous. It was so I, funny. I, I, I not that. Yeah, yeah. And it was that moment where I was like, "Ah, enjoy your night, lads. I'll see you <laughs> <laughs> later." Like, get me out of here. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that was uh, quite a wild evening. Um, not, I, I can't believe it actually worked out in the end. Yeah. Oh, honestly, what an effort from yourself. Yes, for, for anyone who knows Scotland, I was stuck at the Tesco at Linlithgow. <laughs> Which I don't know, but I'm just assuming it's middle of nowhere just for the story aspect of it. But yeah, and there was also no ball to talk about midweek because <laughs> I missed the Champions League games this week so I couldn't be bothered. It was round five, there was no point. 
And unfortunately, we then go into a Premier League Premier League weekend where not a great deal happened, Chris. It was a real, real rough weekend. Yeah, just a t- turgid one all around. Now, to be fair, one team did have a good weekend, and that was Liverpool up against Southampton. An interesting fixture because I, I text you sort of 50 minutes in after Liverpool's fourth, wondering, was this going to be Ralph's annual 9-0 well, defeat? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like he was doing everything he could to almost get it out of the way early. Um, yeah, with his lineup, um, I love how they started some guy called Lianco or something. Yeah, some um, random Brazilian fella. Yep, uh, and they concede a goal ninety-seven seconds in. Because, <laughs> uh, as someone pointed out, uh, they literally played three centre forwards up front. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, you play a certain way all season, and then out of nowhere, you decide we're gonna f- squeeze one guy in. And then we're going to change our entire front line again for one game against Liverpool. I didn't understand that at all. It's pure arrogance, I thought. No, and then like Nathan Redmond came on for Jan Bednarek, so they had like like Nathan Redmond playing left wing back or something. It was all very strange. Yeah. Well, there was a point. I think it was after Van Dyke scored his goal, like five minutes after maybe, where Bednarek had a rough enough challenge. It was an orange. <laughs> And if that had been a red, I think this would have been the 9-0. I, I, I think it had the potential to be, to be honest. But it's it's also a tough afternoon whenever your defence just completely loses track of what a Diogo Jota is. Jota <laughs> <laughs> yeah. could have had five. But then, like, I, I find it bizarre a weekend. Everyone was like, oh, like, you know, how amazing is Diogo Jota? I'm like, well, like, why, why like, no? Like, yeah, it's like we know this. this. Like, what, you know, can I get with the program? Yeah, we, we knew that five weeks in the last season that this guy's just a great baller, like. Yeah. So it was, but there's one of his goals where Southampton, just as a back five, just didn't know where he was. Like, Livermento is not a wing back at this stage. You no. know, because he just doesn't know that aspect of the game. And then as a back three, they were a bit disjointed. So there was one effort where Jota did just walk it in from two metres out. I think it was a Salah. Like, it wasn't even a cross. It was sort of just a pass across the goal. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah. And then what a week for Thiago. I was really disappointed oh. this took a deflection because he struck it so well. That, that, that goal in the Champions League is potentially one of the best goals ever scored in football. I still can't work that goal out if it bounced or... I, I, I don't think it did. Yeah, I'm thinking, did it just clip the top of the grass and just the air underneath it? I've never seen a football hit like that before in my life. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we're not in the season two of Thiago where we get the actual baller that's in there. Yeah. Because he's just so classy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Bayern Munich are missing out not having him in. Well, I say that Bayern Munich probably whacked someone 8-0 this weekend. I don't know. Probably. And then, yeah, for the third goal, Oriel Romeo decides to just stop playing football. Former, former big Chelsea man, Oriel Romeo. Yeah, yeah one, of, one of AVB's boys. And there, there's a reason he clearly didn't make it at the club, because yeah. he just decides, oh yeah, Liverpool have this great threat in the middle of the box. Let him... Like, he's not going to shoot, is he? Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm pretty sure he was a he was a Barcelona, like during like the Pep era. He was one of these La Masia guys that came out. Yeah. That, once like Barca had their team stacked up, he was like that next generation who just could not get through at all. I mean, like, like understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you make in this game, Chris, of Diogo Jota's first uh, celebration? Do you uh, know the story behind that at all? 
What uh, I'm trying to think what what it was. What, what so he, he he sat down and started playing PlayStation. Like he started acting as though he had a controller. No, I I, 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 I haven't seen this, but is that <laughs> is that related to the fact that during the first lockdown he beat Trent Alexander Arnold in the inaugural and only E Premier League thing, and so, Trent, uh, Trent has never been more like annoyed in his entire life than after that so it actually like stems from that on saturday morning he was playing in a fifa tournament what like before <laughs> the game like pre-match but what? then he was like he was just about to go into another game and had to like message the guy on xbox live being like just no, so you know i have an actual game no, of football to play this afternoon no, he didn't. <laughs> genuinely what a joke you know this is this is the modern footballer chris get with it what? but it was also like an I heard the stat and I was like, there's no way that's correct. But Liverpool have now scored at least two goals in 19 straight games, yeah, I heard, Chris. I heard this, yeah. This is a phenomenal stat. Like, imagine going to every game, 19 straight, knowing we're scoring two today. Yeah, I mean, like... And obviously yeah. there's been losses in there. Yeah. But there's also been, like, I've been just looking down the list of teams and they're not all scrubs. Like, obviously, they've played the Hammers the other week. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They played City and they drew and then walked over Atletico a couple of times. Mm. Like, these boys are just on fire because they're now a proper team again. Yeah, which is really annoying. It is really annoying, and it's really annoying how every other footballer who comes back from an ACL injury isn't the same player for about five months, and Virgil van Dijk looks like he hasn't skipped a beat. Yeah, um, Yeah. well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, eventually, but I don't know whether the new Man United manager will cause will cause any issues to these teams since um, um, there's a bit of there's a bit of Bielsa about him, but we can get into that. Oh later. yeah, yeah. There's there's a serious amount of Bielsa. <laughs> I cannot wait because there was a lot of people asking me about that during the week, and I was like, oh no, I need to wait until after th- Sunday's game. Yes. But yeah, that's that's Liverpool just rampaging again. Still one of the best three teams in the country. No bother to them. One point off the lead or two points off the lead. Sorry now. In third, so Liverpool or Liverpool. That's I think that's the big takeaway. Boring. From... Yeah, moving on. <laughs> boring, boring. Liverpool winning four 0 Yeah. <laughs> and then to a team who still can't get a win, Newcastle. Chris, <laughs> I am I am loving seeing this luck get beat every week. And Eddie Howe, you didn't hear him after the game. Uh, um, was he? Is it because he was complaining about the refereeing decisions? Was that? Well, there was a bit of that which I disagreed with, but also the fact that he claimed he was encouraged by what he saw. <laughs> I don't know what bit of this he was encouraged by. Yeah, um, they're just like, like they're they're just awful. Like, like, like every stat you could possibly look at, objectively, like there is no way they stay in the Premier League. Like I just, they're they're twentieth in every department. Yeah, um, so it's hopeless. Like, I'm skeptical even that signings in January could actually make such a difference that. Uh, because like, because because like how bad they are will surely impact the f- who they could actually sign in January. Yeah, well. because no matter who you are coming in the or in the Newcastle in January here, you're thinking I'm going down. Newcastle were helped in this game by one of the misses of the season, unfortunately for Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah, not great, and I feel bad because I I hate whenever like Timo Werner misses one, everyone banters him, and then I saw this morning mm. on Sky Sports's. YouTube account 
they had like a two minute video just showing replays of this miss. <laughs> two like, minute video. Yeah, I was like, that is horrible banter. Like that is <laughs> that is absolutely criminal. What like, they've done like, to what, this what, man. Like what was on Soccer AM or something? Or no, what? just on their general YouTube channel. I probably it probably will be on Soccer AM next week, and you know they'll, they'll get their clicks out of it. But I just thought absolutely horrendous. Oh, it, was, it was such a stupid miss. To be fair, mm-hmm. like. And elsewhere in the game, uh, Saka gets his goal. Saka's still one of Arsenal's best players. Unfortunately, goes off injured. What was it? But but then uh, Arsenal Arsenal fan Twitter or Arsenal Twitter hero of Martinelli comes on and honestly just mute this name on your Twitter accounts for the next two weeks because this was an unbelievable touch and then the finish it. Phenomenal, but this lot will not let us forget that the word generational is going to be used so much in the next week. It's going to be painful. Everybody knows that he's a good player, but like, no, it's but it's just that reaction from the social media side of Arsenal, right? It's like this this guy's the second coming. I mean, like, you know, it's not as if there hasn't been players before who have been 20 years old and have been good players. I, I, (laughs) I don't really know what, like, why we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, no, it's because they've got one, Chris, right. They've got one. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the refereeing decision. Tavares on Callum Wilson. I thought that's never a penalty. I, I, like, I was kind of like, Ugh, yeah, either way. I mean, it, de- I mean, it definitely wasn't um, Eddie Howe oh, stonewall penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie needs to realise it's the Premier League. Like, yeah. Let's, let's allow a bit of contact. Yeah. And then, especially on Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson was, like six three, absolutely built, and he's going down like that. Wise up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also partly because he's in my fantasy team, so he needs to start producing or he's out. Yeah, oh, so annoyed, James. Yeah, <laughs> we'll bring that up in a second. Uh, but elsewhere in the game, Aaron Ramsdale with his weekly worldy. I think the guy's just due one every week. He's yeah. gonna have some highlight tape by the end of the season. Is he gonna win PFA Player of the Year? No, they're so disrespectful to goalkeepers that that will never happen. You you cannot tell me that Jordan Pickford is England's number one. Jordan Pickford should never be England's number one now. That he is England's number one. No, if if Gareth Southgate goes into the next batch of internationals, which are months away, and I can guarantee even in months Pickford won't have raised his level enough to be beaten out Iron Ramsdale, but if Southgate starts Pickford in the net. Next batch of international fixtures. He's a moron. Yeah, just got a new contract as well, big Gareth. When's that signed on till? Oh, I don't know. Another couple of tournaments or something. I mean, that's to be fair to Southgate. That's the cushiest job in the world for him. <laughs> so he is. Yeah. He's like, you just go. We see him in the Premier League. He goes to whatever ground he wants to, and then every two months he plays two games with like a world class squad. Mm-hmm. Ideal. Yeah, international football, right now. <laughs> but yeah, Arsenal still quietly back on their good run again after getting pounded by Liverpool. I still haven't managed to quite eclipse the top four yet, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Ah uh, well, goal difference wise, Chris, they're they're right there. Goal difference, they're fifth. As in terms of like, it's just goal difference separating them from the top four at the moment. Right. With a certain fifth. with a certain team that a couple of weeks ago was in the title hunt. Right. Oh, they're fifth. <laughs> Still not acknowledging that one. No, no they're fifth. <laughs> European Super League. Oh, I'll bring up the Super League later. That was brought up in the UV doc this week. Oh, wasn't uh, it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then a game that is the reason why I'm still sitting in a puddle of my own sweat. Chelsea-Manchester <clears throat> United. What a stupid game of football this was. 
terrorist ball from Manchester United. I mean, Michael like Carrick. Matic, Fred, and McTominay all starting. Yeah, anyone who saw Chelsea are going to either walk over United or this was going to be in any way an exciting game. As soon as those lineups were announced, should have known exactly what was going to go on. Yeah. Um, Absolutely brutal game of football. Yeah. Um, yes, Ma- uh, Man United's XG in the first half was 0.02. Now and that, I don't even know where that came from. That, it was when Sancho um, kind of touched it with his chest. Um, <laughs> it was horror touch. Surely um, that is a record. Like 0.02. Mm-hmm. No, who was it? I think Nobody Burnley had maybe. One. I think Burnley a few weeks ago against us had 0.00. And we de- I think we've definitely put a team on zero XG for a half. So it was but genuinely, we may as well play Burnley again this afternoon in the way Manchester United decided to line up. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough watch. Ralph Rangnick, Billy. Yeah. Um, there's, there's shades of Marcelo Bielsa here. Yeah, there's too much just this godfather, the gag and press stuff. And I was like, what, where, where's the guy been? What's he done? You know, um, he's, he's, been, he's hung what, around the Red Bull teams. Um, yes, uh, I think it's um, like T- so Tuchel was a coach under him or something. Klopp was with, and Hasenhudel and Nagelsmann, you know, all these guys kind of. And uh, he, uh, he was also the guy who brought through all those players at Salzburg, like Erling Holland and mm-hmm. people like that. Um, but I, I mean, I find, and he was also like before Gareth Southgate, I'm pretty sure he was also linked with the England job. Um no, I have no idea how he ended up at the locomotive Moscow. Yeah, there's definitely some corruption going on there. Uh, <laughs> but but um, I am interested in how this guy is like. Um, he's like, like like an executive type person, but he's going to be the manager for a bit. Yeah, he's going to turn up for six months here, apparently manage, and then go into a consultancy role, which I think is bizarre. If you come in as a manager and say. Because the way he plays, apparently, and from what I've heard, and who apparently is disciples of the game are, they, they play in a certain way. So if a Pochettino comes in, yeah, Pochettino's obviously going to have his own ideas. If Stan comes in, he's going to have his own ideas. How are they going to feel that there's another guy just chirping at them every now and then? Yeah. I mean, it's, like... it, it's going to be an in house Roy King. But yeah, and I actually don't know anything about this Ralph bloke. I mean, I, I've heard many rumblings about him in the kind of the classic, like, um, you know, like like the athletic and all. Absolutely love that kind of stuff. Yeah, know? I I I've heard all about him in that context. Um, but I mean, they like you know, and to be fair, Red Bull Leipzig and Red Bull Salzburg, fair enough. They're both proper European teams. Yeah, they? for 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 teams that were born like twenty years, like we're older than both y- clubs. Yeah, yeah. I mean that like yeah, f- totally fair enough. To but, put them in the position they are fair enough, but also we've said this before. You can get away with a lot in the Bundesliga in terms of. Management but, but let, but and the way honest, you play a game. Honest, let's be honest. So to be fair, surely this guy is going to tell Ed Woodward how football actually works. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's completely the right way in terms of yeah. man- needing a football brain behind yes. the scenes. And I have watched a few videos out there of him actually just breaking down the game and the style of play and everything. Yeah, and intelligence level. Yes, like so superior to what they have oh, there at the moment. A- absolutely, yeah. Like it's going to be hilarious whenever Darren Fletcher's trying to play this game. <laughs> Fli- I, Fli- I, I quite like Darren Fletcher, to be fair, but yes. But I quite like Darren Fletcher, but he strikes me as a passion merchant. <laughs> and that's not what Man United need, because that's not where the game is in terms of the top teams in Europe at the moment. It's all about the footballing brain. This Ralph bloke from just, it was like 
TED Talk style things. Yeah. And things on the coach's voice. He is just a football encyclopedia. Ah, coach's voice, yeah, it's another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he'll walk around players one by one, like he'll line them up and just like click his fingers at them going, you moron, out, <laughs> you erratic, out, you, oh, you're all right, I'll have you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm also looking forward to like what he tells Cristiano Ronaldo today. Because in terms of yeah. this Godfather gag and pressing stuff. <laughs> Roy Keane was apparently disappointed not to get the call, but understood why on Sky Sports. Are you joking? Yeah, because obviously on, online everyone takes the piss going, oh, give it to Roy for the end of the season. St- Steve Bruce would have genuinely been a better option than Roy Keane. Apparently every ex-Man United player threw their name in the hat. I, and I, I, I thought out of all of them, Bruce is the right way to I've go. Had Man United, I've had Man United fans I know for years tell me that they would like they would love Steve Bruce to be the manager because <laughs> because of him as a player at Man United. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know. It would have been better than some of the names that were being thrown out. Well, indeed, yeah. But yeah, anyway, back to the game. And yeah, Michael Carrick won't be getting the job after what I saw today. Uh, did get his goal, uh, thanks to Jaden Sancho. Uh, Jorginho error, but I'm going to say he wasn't at fault. Actually felt horrendous for him in the position he was put. Uh, Chelsea, for whatever reason, have a free kick and put both fullbacks over it. And then as the balls played out, Jorginho was the only one underneath it. And it messes up and Rashford and Sancho threw one-on-one and goal. I felt horrendous. Like, the guy shouldn't... To be we fair, all, Bailey, We all just, know what type of player he is, and he's not quick. He to shouldn't be, fair, be in that position. Be, Bailey, if he's going to win the Ballon d'Or, just clear it. Like, I know, and Ballon d'Or week as well. Oh, it did kill me, that. So it's like, that's, if he does win the Ballon d'Or this week, that's not a great look. No. Well, no. Yeah. But from rumours I've heard, he's not winning it. Because oh, pe- oh good. Pe- 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 people are wimps. And... Because funnily enough, he isn't actually the best player in the world. No, because... Like no one in the football community has any stones to have any originality in their bones, <laughs> so don't try to think out the side the box for a bunch of morons. What, uh, right, but it's not Jorginho. I mean, I mean it's Lewandowski. Uh, no, uh, don't say his Champions League are yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Don't don't say either. It's, uh, it's yours, yeah. <laughs> Did, it, did he win the Euros? No. <laughs> I mean, I think Poland have ever got to the knockout stages, let alone. I mean, else. Italy were playing with like a back four, and two of them were over the age of 40, and Emerson was left back. <laughs> Fair play to them for winning. <laughs> Poland, yeah. if Italy can win it, anyone can. Uh, <laughs> but then does does make up for it because he gets his goal as penalty. Uh, easy decision. Well, like, ugh, I guess, yeah. Like I know everyone loves him, Bailey, but you see when you see Rudiger getting in the referee's face, I I hate that. Like, there's a there's so much in this game of players getting in the ref's face. Honestly, like so there was Rudiger was in in his grill. Uh, Fernandez was in it a lot. Uh, Fred was in it quite a bit. Ronaldo got booked for being in it. Oh, that, that was great. And if Anthony Taylor had any stones, he would have sent them off because he booked them for chirping, and then Ronaldo immediately started applauding. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know as well, Billy, in the Crystal Palace Villa game, the the referee in that match that was his, that was the first Premier League game for him. Uh, <laughs> and my and he got absolutely roasted by the players over a advantage thing. Yeah, it's either someone's been put out of the rotation, or I'm thinking, is there a ref injury somewhere out there? <laughs> <laughs> ref injury crisis. Because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna come in a dangerous situation here if like just cold weather we saw over the weekend. 
Yes. Breaths refereeing three games a week. I, I'm quite worried for them all. Well, yeah. So, I, I don't, I was, obviously, the one I'm raging who, it obviously isn't Anthony Taylor after an interesting interpretation of the rules this afternoon. Well, I, I was just more entertained by Tuchel's reaction mm-hmm. to it. Tommy Tuchel had every right. So, there was a point where Ronaldo was about two strides offside, goes in, uh, and then has a strike, but goes out for a corner. And the lino doesn't even put his flag up for anything. But as a result, Man United get a corner and have a chance to score. And Tommy Tuchel loses his mind in the 94th minute. And Anthony Taylor... It's great to see. I don't think Anthony Taylor is going to book him. But did you see who was fourth official? Uh, no. That prick coot. Tight. <laughs> also, why were the, why was Carrick's technical area like in the middle of the pitch? Did you see this? Yeah, it's a it's a weird design flaw off Stamford Bridge. Oh, what? So, <laughs> so it is where it, it's where a the, line. Yeah, where the tunnel uh, like comes out. The tunnel what? comes out slightly to the left of the halfway line. Yeah. What sort of club are you? I mean, that ground was built way too long ago, and I think whenever it was redone, it was by like cowboy builders, right? To try and save Ken Bates a bit of money. Oh, it was back of that. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that back in that period. Right, okay. Yeah, but yeah, real just turgid afternoon. No one, Chelsea didn't create anything. Manchester United weren't interested in playing football for most of it. Bar the t- like the five minutes after they scored, they were unreal. I was like, oh, well, where have you been all afternoon? Well, indeed. And yeah. then immediately reverted back into their shell and did nothing and then had a couple of counter-attacks. But Jaden Sancho recently in a fan tracks league, Chris had enough of him. <laughs> Chris, what were your reasons for dropping Jaden Sancho, I believe, two weekends ago now? Because his form was pathetic uh, in comparison with uh, my other midfielders, and I'm trying to win the league. Yes, yeah, so Chris got all weekends ago decided that whilst a manager was under pressure and looking likely to get sacked and a new manager bump on its way, and Chris decides to drop £70 million Jaden Sancho, listen, listen, who's got, been on fire Listen, since. I've now got uh, Michael Elise, Billy Gilmore, and James Ward-Price in midfield, so... Over, over the length of the season, that'll be more reliable. <laughs> and Billy G's well and truly back. Yes. But yeah, Chelsea just about hanging on the top spot. Oh, I was just, I don't know before the game, I was actually really worried about this game just by Thomas Tuchel's hat. He wasn't, <laughs> wasn't wearing his usual brand of hat. And I was like, Thomas, why change? Yeah. <laughs> but clearly he's like a more intelligent man than I am and understands football isn't about superstitions. But well, when I'll draw Thomas, I think I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only other game on today, we Premier League and the TV blokes need to sort this out because on a day where Manchester City hosted West Ham, they decide to service up Everton Brentford. <laughs> Who's <laughs> what morons picking this? Everton Brentford, right? And honestly, nothing really happened in this game. There's a penalty decision, an easy one. The only thing I really picked out of the game was that Solomon Rondon is still unfit, and we're about to hit December. Are Everton down? Uh, they could be <laughs> like they're not that far off Burnley and Burnley now obviously Burnley have a game in hand which was the most entertaining part of today's fixtures where <laughs> so it it was snowing all night uh, there was a bit of lying snow on the pitch um, and the, the refs went out with Sean Dyche who was determined for this game to go ahead by the fact that he just went out just shirt and tie. 
<laughs> I, I think Stitch's way of going off and come out like this. The boys can play. <laughs> they, apparently then the ground staff and the chief operating officer cleared the pitch. <laughs> and then by the time they cleared the pitch, they gave it five minutes. Uh, the refs done their tests and the pitch was covered in snow again. Mm. Antonio Colte have been loving this. Uh, yeah, what, what was his reaction? There was a weird post, actually. If you go on the Spurs' Twitter account... Oh, goodness. There's that, like that's a, where I want to go. There's a real cute photo of Antonio in the snow. <laughs> like, just a, like a, a few snowflakes in the hair and on the jacket. Uh, and Antonio just says, I think in these conditions, it's not football. I want to play football. <laughs> I want to have fun to play and to give emotion. I think in this situation, it's impossible. And there are serious risks for the players and to take injury. And this is not good. I think Antonio was just delighted he didn't have to play a game after what occurred Thursday night. Well, well, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm saying that for now. That's a disgrace. It's um, really cute, though, isn't it? But no, it's awful. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the um, I'm pretty sure Premier League teams have like undershot heat and stuff, but Burnley's um, pitch does. Someone, someone went on and found this out that that pitch has undersoil heating. Well, they just didn't turn it on. Of, of course, they didn't. Uh, yes, uh, good to see that Spurs lost to a, I, I double-checked this, a mid-table Slovenian Premier League side uh, in the Europa Conference League. A bunch of librarians. This is the same club, Tottenham Hotspur, who six months ago tried to form a European Super League. Mm. And yeah, they oh, they were shocking as well. I only I watched the last 10 minutes of it, and the Slovenian lads did look the better side. That, I mean, like that is a disgrace. But to be fair, I thought Conte one... might have walked. I'm not gonna like honestly. I thought I thought there was a chance he walked. Like, not not because it was his fault, but because he couldn't rectify the situation. He should have done. Like I feel, I feel so bad for Antonio. I I love the guy, and now he's at Spurs. The Man United job's gone to the Godfather Gagan prison. I don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I feel horrible for him. But what this game did do, Chris, on Thursday night, because we obviously can't talk about. Spurs Burnley and then the other games this afternoon we just couldn't watch because well firstly I couldn't be bothered watching Leicester play after what they produced last weekend <laughs> well, there, well there was uh, there was one funny moment from that well for, also first of all in that game Bailey is Emmanuel Dennis on track for the golden boot no those Liverpool boys are too good um, let's see what happens let's see um, what happens <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Vardy also uh, apparently afterwards accused Daniel Backman uh, the Watford goalkeeper who replaced Ben Foster uh, that uh, that he was trying to get the game off um, so <laughs> big fan of that so uh, like Jamie Vardy said that in public uh, in the post-match interview which is great Vardy would have loved Dykes then today because uh, of <laughs> fair play uh, because we haven't really watched a great deal of football, we're doing extended in the mud because there's a hundred <laughs> things that went on around the I, game. I, I have one very small point just from the fixtures, Bailey, before that. Um, Hit me with them. So, um, uh, Brighton have now not, not won in eight games. And were booed off. Uh, yes, and Graham Potter then gurned about that in the interview afterwards. Yeah, he was kind of like, you know, we should know our place in history, wasn't he? I, I, I wasn't about that at all. Um, that actually wasn't what I was, was going to bring up, but like, I mean, you know, like have a bit of respect for your fans. Settle down. <laughs> um, yeah. like, um, no, well, I was quite about it from uh, Potter, actually, because I think he just knows now there's, there's jobs higher up ready to be taken. <sighs> But, mm, 
but, 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 but he probably looked at Thursday night thinking Antonio was lasting much longer no, listen, there. I will like I will defend like I, like. Like I understand why Graham Potter's a good manager. Like you know, I can whisper quietly, but I, I understand, Shh, right? Don't but give away the bit. I can understand, but you cannot. How how can anyone not be even slightly irritated by having won in eight games, drew nil nil with Leeds, and Graham Potter goes, "I was over the moon with that performance." <laughs> like like, come on, that's that's a little bit annoying. <laughs> no, that that is fair. Like, if you are, if especially if you paid your money to go see that, and then you hear that from your manager after, honestly, like, it's, it's a bit of a kick in the balls. Yeah. So it is. Uh, but yeah, el- elsewhere around Europe and around the game in general, uh, a few stories to bring up. One of my favorite was from the best league in Europe, in Portugal. Aside, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benfica well, yeah. were playing. Uh, I got a butcher the pronunciation of this. Belenenses. Belenenses. Belenenses yeah. uh, had to start their game against Benfica with nine players because of a COVID outbreak, <laughs> two, two of which were goalkeepers. <laughs> and I'm just looking like at some of the numbers here. There's a guy there, 31, 99, 20, 22. Honestly, oh, but then at halftime, the home side refused to come out. Didn't want to play. They were seven nil down at half time. <laughs> Refused to play. Were told they had to play. To which the manager forced one of their players to fake an injury. <laughs> so the match had to be. To be fair, I, I, that's great, great tactics. To be fair, super smart. Um, like, but then uh, like there were all these kind of self righteous reactions. Like, oh, this is a disgrace for Portuguese football. Like, you know, that <laughs> like so I have to say, like, we have been in this for two years now. Like, that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but. We're also still like, why couldn't this be rescheduled? Like, let's just have no, a bit no, of common actually, sense. No, I respect the Benfica with a full starting eleven. Just pump them. I respect. Well, it. I I respect the Benfica were told and went out there and did put seven past them. But I am also like, if the shoe had been on the other foot, say Benfica had been missing this amount of men. Oh well, it would have, it would have kicked off then. You know, there there would have been zero chance of this happening. You know, I'm kind of in that. Remember City done this? Yes. Last year, where Old Man City can't play, and then had like a two week break over Christmas, and then uh, walked that, the league. That's like that nonsense when Liverpool had to play a different team because there were in too many competitions. Yeah, it's. A lot of that, so yeah, fair play Benfica, because they did go out and route them. Uh, elsewhere around Europe, all or nothing Juventus dropped this week. Yes, I haven't seen any of this um, yet, Billy. I just let you know that it dropped. I have I have watched all eight episodes. <laughs> and uh, is, it, is, it, is it as good as When Eagles Dare? Well, I've not bothered watching that. <laughs> but what I will say is, is this show has one major issue, one flaw. Right. It's in Italian. No. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to sound dumb. Absolute Brexit ball, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> but the best parts about this program are when Weston McKenney's on because he speaks English. Oh, the American guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't watch, like, it killed me because I'm trying to watch this program. I had to pause it every time I wanted to sit my phone. <laughs> having to sit there with subtitles that is the on. biggest first world problem I've ever heard. Like, hands up, it's on me. <laughs> but all or nothing, let's stay in the Premier League or at least go to teams who are going to talk to me in English from that <laughs> on. Having to sit there and read subtitles. And it did, the issue with it as well is they kept like going on about the same story of like mixing the young players at UV of the old. Like they mentioned that line once an episode and I was like, right. 
Well, you, you could cut five minutes out of each of these, the nonsense you're talking to me. Well, the, the problem was like last season wasn't actually that interesting for Juventus as well. No, they were like forcing things. So a few interesting things from episode one. Uh, we find out that Ronaldo sits outside in the sun every day for 20 minutes. <laughs> just just top off in the car, like <laughs> at a wall beside a car park. And then like th- three guys came over to him being like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, the sun's good for me. <laughs> I was like, no, this this guy's just a, this, he's, he's the weirdest like, dude ever. He's like, different, he's, like he's a bizarre dude. Uh, there was also a moment where Pirlo was walking out in the training pitch and was chatting to his staff, and he was saying how easy the modern footballer has it, and uses the phrase. Pirlo was uh, saying that. Yeah, he says, if they saw what we did with Conte, they would kill themselves. Which I thought, uh, Andrea, it's okay not to be okay. Let's... Well, 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 well. Two things. Pirlo retired like four years ago, and yeah. second of all. You can do that. Make sure yeah. you're in charge. Yeah, exactly. Like have your own style. Uh, Pirlo actually uh, in the same episode. Does he come across it well? Kind of. He just comes across like the most Italian man ever. Like just very cool. He he doesn't seem as seem as though he loves the game like yeah. outside of it. But then whenever he's in the training ground and on the sidelines, he's all about it. Yeah. So that, like he loves to get home and just have a glass of red, but then whenever he's like on the side of the pitch, he's going nuts at the refs and stuff. Yeah. But there was an interest like part of it where he's on the training ground and he has to tell Pellegrini that he doesn't want them in a squad. What? Um, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy Pellegrini just goes, "Oh, that's okay. Mino knows, and I've options." And I just thought real weird interaction, and I just love the fact that like that guy Raiola, Mino Raiola, already had stuff lined up for this kid. Of course he did, yeah. And then <laughs> lunchtime interaction between Weston McKinney and Chiellini. Chiellini's trying to welcome the kid to the club. Chiellini doesn't speak a lick of English and McKinney doesn't yeah, speak how, a lick how of is, English. Uh, how is Weston McKinney's Italian in the documentary? Well, this was like two hours after signing and the kid didn't speak a lick of it. <laughs> and the two of them are talking about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and Weston McKinney tries to talk... He uses the... <laughs> Chiellini asks him what he likes on his pizza and McKinney being the most American dude says I like ranch dressing on my pizza Oh my! and days. Chiellini looks at him as though he's committed a terrorist act <laughs> honestly oh, unbelievable dear. there's also a part in it where we follow uh, the UV commentator what do you mean to, the UV commentator? Uh, no way like in the uh, stadium? You know where you have like Chelsea TV, United TV, and they all have their own commentary. Oh, thing. right, okay. So the guy who does the UV stuff, they like follow him into the ground, like in, in his car, like pretty much. And the guy's like warming up like <laughs> different scenarios. So he's like rubbing his face, like rubbing his eyes, and just going, Dibala, Dibala, Dibala. And it's like, it's the most bizarre interaction. I like, if you're the taxi driver, you'd be thinking, this guy's an insane person. Yeah. Oh, just crazy people. Uh, there's also a part in it where uh, Pirlo has to tell uh, Quadrado that he has COVID as he walks out on the training pitch. So Larry, as they well, walk out, sh- yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they all they've already changed. They're out for their morning session, and Nedved comes over because he's one of his sporting directors. Oh, right, he like walks over and it's like uh, Andrea Juan has COVID. And they all just stand there for like five seconds, being like, what do we do? And they just have to walk <laughs> over and go, 
Quadrato, you're right. <laughs> That's uh, like I, I love that because that's exactly how I imagined all professional sports to deal with COVID the past two years. Yeah, just <laughs> just real fly by your arse kind of stuff. Just yeah, make yeah. make a rules up as you go along. And Quadrato kind of had his hands out, being like, "Where do you want me to go? Like, <laughs> I've already been everywhere in this building today." And then the, the only other interesting thing came out of this documentary was episode 7, which was the Super League episode. Oh, brilliant. Because obviously the guy, Agnelli, at Juve was one of like the architects of the oh, whole thing. Yeah. And it was like, this, he had a moment where he was discussing with all the players how it's the best thing ever and how it's going to generate more money and how 18 to 24 year olds don't actually care about football anymore and they all just want to play on Twitch. But it did bring up, I was, I was quite interesting, the Super League actually had a code name from this, and he was saying the code name was BSW, which stood for Best Show in the World. Oh my days. And I was like, yeah, of course, that oh came up with that. What's our, what, uh, yeah, because there's so much wrong with the Champions League as it is. Yeah. yeah, morons. But yeah, nothing, honestly, the, the biggest issue the show had was it was in Italian. <laughs> Just, I, I wasn't a fan of it. It wasn't as good as, I think... If you're Italian, it probably is quite good, but I mean, so, so, Sunderland's still the benchmark. Sunderland's the benchmark, but even the Premier League ones of this have both been with like Guardiola and Mourinho. I like, say one was was good. Yeah, yeah, they've been like box office managers. Yeah, the Tottenham one. Was. <laughs> yeah, the Tottenham one. Was. So you need yeah. that. And I think the Arsenal one next season will probably be a lot yes. better. Yeah, yeah. Than this, so and if, there's a Bayern one coming out as well. No, well, that won't be good because I'll be in German. <laughs> we'll be able to sit my phone during that. Yes. And <laughs> another football story from this week, Chris, and I want to bring this up to you because there's no chance you've heard of it. Uh, people this week who missed out on something called Sing Your Dialect on Twitter Spaces. Now, Chris, have you so, heard of sorry, Twitter Spaces? So, you've, you've lost me already. Sorry, <laughs> what is Twitter Spaces? So if you look on your Twitter right now, on the bottom sort of menu... In the middle, there's like a an icon, and that's for Twitter Spaces, which is basically a big group chat where a host talks, and they can invite other people to join in and talk on it. Now, this week, it sort of launched, I think, on Monday, maybe? Or Monday's whenever it all kicked off for me, anyway. Uh, there was a guy called Jacob this week set up one called Sing Your Dialect, and it blew up. It happened at one stage, like 50,000 listeners. So basically what he was doing, he was going on uh, asking people to join and then request to request to sing so like just these randomers like say it'd be like it'd have like sean would come on and sing beyonce single ladies but this one like took off and the amount of listeners had some amount of famous faces in it it had the newcastle united twitter account the brighton one so, nico so, richards uh, Leeds united <laughs> nigel farage <laughs> and west ham club captain declan rice so, so like but I'm, I'm not joking. You've genuinely lost me. I, I don't understand what this is. I, like, I, I don't want you to explain any more because I'm glad I don't. Well, you're going to have to get on it later. Uh, so one of the things that happened was on the second night, obviously it blew up on the Monday night and Declan Rice was in on it. So what this guy Jacob was able to do was invite Declan the next night and Declan hopped on to... <laughs> You sing his dialect. Sorry, can I just clarify something? Be like, I'm right. Where I'm 25. Yeah, I don't understand what what this is. Well, it's all brand new. Anyone who missed out on that on Monday night, like, catch up. I, I, I'm just saying here. Apparently, this was played on the big screens of the Etihad today. Yeah. <laughs> 
getting in his head. But yeah, that was one of my favorite things uh, from during the week. Goodness. Um, I'll finish up with two more topics. Uh, one of which was Gary Speed, Chris. Uh, it's 10 years since Gary Speed passed. Indeed, yeah. Uh, there was a really like a great tribute uh, Dan Walker did on uh, Football Focus. Yeah. Well, well worth a watch for anyone and again like if anyone knows if their mate's struggling or anything just ask them how they're getting on because that, that was the main message from Dan Walker's thing of just he couldn't see what was going on with him on that day before I think he was on well, was, that, was he friends with them? He was, Gary Speed was on Football Focus the day before oh right so he was so that's why they got Dan to do it yeah. Uh, so yeah just check in on your mates and stuff like that but yeah uh, we'll finish up on one more story and that is that IFAB this week Chris were having a discussion around hey. inc- IFAB, you know the the lawmakers of the game. Oh, oh right, yeah, was they were people. they were having a discussion this week of right, increasing right. the halftime interval from fifteen to twenty five minutes, so that football yes. can introduce Super Bowl style oh, entertainment yes. midway through matches. Oh, now, one thing I will say about this today: if you watched Rangers Livingston, <laughs> that did become a twenty five minute halftime because it. If you saw, there was snow on the pitch and just off it. So as the Livingston players came out for the second half, the Rangers fans decided to start pelting their goalkeeper of snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> was that the Tony Macaroni? That was indeed at the Tony Macaroni, where he famously played football. Absolutely. But yeah, so the goalkeeper was raging, and then the, ma- <laughs> the manager well, came out. I mean, to, to, be, to be fair. <laughs> you would be. Yeah. 100% completely agree, but then the Livingston manager came over to the Rangers fans to ask, stop it, and he started getting pelted. <laughs> And you could it was my favourite thing of like this one guy like being pelted by like two thousand snowballs, asking all these people to stop and them all just laughing at him and him becoming more and more enraged. Mm. And the more he would become enraged, the more they would laugh. Oh, it was the dumbest thing ever. But anyway, it's, this has come about because the South American governing body believe it would benefit their competition. It's sort of they had their sort of Champions League final there on Saturday and they wanted to put it in for that. Basically a big money maker, but I wanted to know, Chris, what are, what are your sort of thoughts on a twenty-five minute halftime so that we can hear like Pitbull at no. halftime? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And the one club I don't want anyone having anywhere near is West Ham United. So, absolutely. <laughs> Who would not. West Ham get on Chaz and Dave? Well, I, I don't know. We'll probably have a baseball game at halftime or something. <laughs> no one, nah, not about it at all. So apparently, this was this was put up uh, in two thousand and nine. Apparently. FIFA discussed to increase it to 20 minutes but then they were they pushed back supporters just saw it as like the blatant attempt that it is to fill their pockets but like this is 100% going to come back to like this whole nonsense that these people believe that kids don't watch football and yeah, stuff you know yeah I, I'm I'm not about that theory at all because well I'm not either because these people I, believe oh so that we shouldn't be pandering to them anyway yeah, but they believe that. But the reason kids don't watch football is because it's on Sky Sports and BT. And if you want to watch football, it's going to cost you a normal yes. leg each season. Yes. So it's not the kids don't want to watch football. They can't watch it. Yeah. The, and I, I, I yeah. don't see how, because I know 100% where this goes. FA Cup final next year, that bloke who used to be on YouTube, KSI, is going to be rapping at halftime. Because that's the issue, especially with America. And it's the Super Bowl is obviously the main reference point. They get good acts for it. But that's because there's sort of a history to it and they know how much money they're going to make off it. But can you imagine, like, a Carabao Cup final halftime show? Um, yeah, I, I, I literally can't express how much I am not for this. <laughs> like, for, like, so many reasons. 
I'm just wondering what like trashy pop star they're going to get in. Well, listen, when, when, no when, when know. Brentford's B team get to the Middlesex FA Cup Senior Men's Final... Um, oh, yes, yeah, so explain this. This is one final story, actually, for us, because you tagged me in this on Facebook during the week. Well, it, it's, it's absolute nonsense. Brentford were revolutionary in scrapping the reserves and instead having an academy and having a B team. But because they're not an official reserves team, they compete in the Middlesex FA Senior Cup as their main competition and smack teams about 11-0 every week. Absolute <laughs> joke. I mean, to be fair to you, that's a good way to work it. Just have a bunch of kids going out there smacking teams. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not about it at all. It's a great way to build up confidence in young men. <laughs> so, so by the time they actually get in the first team, they expect to be <laughs> yes. winning double digits each weekend. Yes. Because like, whenever you say that to me, all I can think of is, this just sounds like an admin nightmare. Yeah, like it's just some guy sitting in office each season going, "Hi, what am I supposed to do here? Like, this would be easier if I just put us in a normal academy league. Yes, rather than this FA Middlesex what, league. What a nonsense! No, uh, not about it at all. But yeah, I'm convinced there's just one guy in an office somewhere who has to deal with that each week. Yeah, and I think that's gonna wrap us up for the week. Chris, uh, hopefully, getting ready for the double game week next week. Yeah. Well, the good thing is now we come out on a Tuesday now, so hopefully, listen to this early Tuesday. There's games Tuesday night, Wednesday night. The Chris Ringland, uh, the Chris Ringland Derby, I believe, is on Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, West, just... West Ham hosting Brighton. Are we putting Brighton to a ninth game without a win? Yeah. So it is, and then the under the flight under the floodlights Derby next Saturday lunchtime as Chelsea host West Ham. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So it's a big week for you, Chris. Listen, look, you know, not, yeah, 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 it is, yeah. <laughs> big week in the title charge. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was one of my favourite things that came out of this podcast last season was that West Ham Brighton would be a game that 99% of the footballing community would not care about. Yes. And we just suddenly had loads of people messaging us about this fixture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, pe- pe- people who would never bother to watch that game of football just coming out, <laughs> coming out and being like, "Chris, you deserve that." Yes. So, so that's big games on Amazon Prime this week, which again, uh, the eighteen to twenty-four year old demographic absolutely loves. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, just have on on the Amazon Prime games. I think that's the place to trial this twenty-five minute halftime. Oh goodness! Yeah, <laughs> it's like a trailer of Juventus all or nothing in the middle of it. Yeah, no, don't, because you won't understand any of it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that wraps us up, Chris. Yeah, thanks very much. See you later.